Well, here we are, brothers and sisters, gathered for worship, a time for symbolic holding of hands, a time for us to sing sentimental songs. Kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. And a time for us to affirm nice things and our desire to be just like nice Jesus, meek and mild. Right? Matthew 10, verses 37 through 39, Jesus speaks. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Are you feeling the niceness yet? In Matthew 10, Jesus is speaking to his apostles. He's sort of giving them a pep talk before he sends them out into the world on the field of life to minister in his name. Think about this Matthew 10 passage, sort of like a Hollywood movie. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine the apostles sort of as football players? The odds are against them. They're in the locker room and Jesus comes in with a little pep talk. He's got his whistle, he's got his polo shirt, and he says, All right, boys, have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. In other words, he's saying, get the message out there, move the ball down the field. Feeling a little more inspired now? Jesus' pep talk continues in Matthew 10, verse 28. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Kill the body? What? Oh, right, this is not football, actually. The apostles were not professional athletes, but professed followers of Jesus. And Jesus levels with them. He's totally honest with them in verse 24 of Matthew 10. Hear that again, but hear it from the message translation of the Bible. A student doesn't get a better desk than her teacher. A laborer doesn't make more money than his boss. Be content, pleased even, when you, my students, my harvest hands, get the same treatment I get. If they call me the master, Dunface, what can the workers expect? Now, wait, 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 just wait. Hold on. Stop the sermon train here for a second. Isn't Jesus sort of, you know, being a bit dramatic here? Isn't he sort of overstating the dangers of discipleship? Isn't what he's really saying here in Matthew 10 to the apostles, isn't he really saying basically something like this? Well, guys, look, when you go out there to serve in my name, you know, there's a little chance, just a tiny chance that you're going to get, you know, a little pushback, 
a little opposition, but you know, for the most part, everything is going to be kosher cupcakes and locust lattes. Is that pretty much what Jesus is saying to the apostles here in Matthew 10? Yeah, not really. Not really. Some questions for you. Were the apostles jailed? Yes. Were the apostles beaten? Yes. Were the apostles murdered? Yes. All the apostles were murdered, except for our own St. John, who somehow, despite a lifetime of persecution, managed to live to an advanced age. But why were the apostles beaten and murdered and opposed and murdered, killed, as I said? Why did all that happen to them? Why? Because they were following Jesus. They were doing the things that Jesus did. So, like teacher, like disciple. Like master, like student. Of course, that's back in the first century, right? I mean, that stuff didn't continue to happen, and that stuff doesn't happen today, right? Hmm. So two friends do a lot of preparation to go on this safari adventure. So they do all this preparation, and they're in the jungle, and as they're going through the jungle, suddenly a lion leaps out in front of them. Everybody make your best lion roar. Roar! Yeah, I know, it needs some work. So the lion leaps out in front of these two guys. And one of them says, wait, wait, wait. Remember that book we read about the outdoors and about wild animals? It says if we remain perfectly still and look into the lion's eyes, he will turn around and run away. His friend says, well, yeah, uh, I read that book. You read that book. But did the lion read the book? Did you read Matthew 10 carefully? Did you listen to it carefully? If you did, then you should know the answer to the following question. Why is it, despite the threats, the very real threats that the apostles would face, um, symbolic lions, later on it would be real lions, but symbolic lions and dangers, why did they persist in the face of that? Well, the Reverend Dr. Stanley Sanders, a New Testament scholar, answers that question for us. He tells us, The threat of violence and death are real concerns for the disciples, but no longer the determining force in their lives. For the one who has ultimate power over our whole being exercises that power with mercy and love. Did you catch that when you heard Matthew 10? Let's go back to verses 29 and 31. Again, this time you'll hear it in the message translation. Jesus says, What's the price of a pet canary? Some loose change, right? And God cares what happens to it even more than you do. And He pays even greater attention to you. Down to the last detail. Even numbering the hairs on your head. So don't be intimidated by all this bully talk. You are worth more than a million canaries. So the apostles charge down the field of life in Jesus' name, not because they're not sometimes afraid of human opposition, but because they have faith, greater faith, greater trust in divine compassion. They trust that God has their back. 
Okay, now, true or false statement? Thumbs up for true, thumbs down for false. You tell me. Here's the statement. Discipleship is a way of life going back 2,000 years to Jesus and the apostles. True or false? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's sometimes a dangerous way of life. Because discipleship is God's invitation to you, to me, to take up our crosses and follow. Now sure, you can just attend church. You can be a fan of Jesus, but not a follower. You can be a member in good standing of a congregation, but not a disciple. Now, you can have respectable religion, you can have nice services, and you can have warm fuzzies. Now, these all may have their place. But make no mistake, the whole Christianity deal, at the heart of all that, is this call to discipleship, which is an invitation to a sometimes dangerous, always costly, grace-fueled, transforming way of life. That's what it's ultimately about. It's not merely an invitation to a weekly event where we sing kumbaya and say nice things. Discipleship may challenge you to carry your cross and be more like Jesus by finally addressing your temper problem or putting some real effort into your marriage or restarting a relationship with your child or with your parent or whoever. Discipleship may challenge you to take up your cross and be more like Jesus by getting off the sidelines and serving others in Jesus' name in some way. That could be for the environment. It could be for dismantling racism. It could be the work of children's literacy. It could be involved here at St. John's. But getting involved in some way, somehow. And you probably have some idea of what that might be. I bet it's been knocking at the door of your conscience. So open up that door. All this and more can be the work of discipleship. Because discipleship is how we live our lives according to the way of Jesus. Discipleship is how we live our lives according to the way of Jesus. Some questions for you. Is this disciple's way always going to be a cakewalk? No. Will it be scary sometimes? Yes, and not just because you have to look at my face. You know, I know that's a scary part of it, but sometimes it will be legitimately scary. But guess what? Image bearer, you human being, created in God's image, press on anyway. God will have your back. Now here's the irony. Here's the irony about all this. The more you give in to fear, the more of your life you will lose. And the more you give in to God, the more of your life you will gain. Did you catch that? I'm going to rewind that one, so feel free to make the rewind noise with me. The more you give in to fear, the more of your life you're going to lose. The more you give in to God, the more of your life you will gain.
So that's the question for you. That's the spiritual homework for you for this week. Do you want to lose more of your life or do you want to gain more of your life? That applies whether you're 9 or 90. Do you want to gain more? Do you want to lose more? If you want to gain, then give more of your life over to God. And by grace, take up your cross and strive to be a disciple. Jesus laid it down quite clearly. Matthew 10, verse 39. Jesus says, Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Amen.